I'm just going to read a portion from the Word of God. And it's found in 1 Samuel 16. And I'll read. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil, and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take an heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me him whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming, and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves, and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons, and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass, when they were come, that he looked on Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth, not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. I read that again. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, nor on his height of his stature, because I refuse him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadad, and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither had the Lord chosen this. Then Jesse made Shammah to pass by. And he said, Neither had the Lord chosen this. Again Jesse made seven of his sons to come pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord had not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, I hear all thy children. And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down until he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, 
and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look at. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. I'll read that again. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm so glad that the word of the Lord says that he doesn't see as we see. Praise the Lord. We look on the outward appearance what God looks on the heart. When you look through the whole of the Bible, you'll see something there. You'll see some of the most unusual people. The most, some of the most strange people that the Lord used. People that we wouldn't even, you know, we would say, well, we, can't, we don't get it. Why? But you see, the Lord doesn't look on the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. You know, you take, for example, you take somebody like Paul, for example. Saul of Tarsus. You know, <laughs> it's amazing, but I thank God that, you know, even, even us here, God looks at us and sees something in us that we don't even see in ourselves. The Bible said, while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Praise the Lord. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. Oh, that we would have a heart like the Lord. Oh, that we would see as he sees. He looks on the heart. Um, that's all I want to say. God is so marvelous that he can look and see your heart. You know, I can't see anybody's heart. I mean, we, we can't see anyone else's heart, but God can. He looks at us and he sees what's inside of us. Praise the Lord. I'm going to stop there, but um, I think it's really... Hallelujah, 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 here is love, hallelujah, vast as the ocean, so much love, so much love, hallelujah, thank you Jesus, thank you Father, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your saving grace, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You are so wonderful. 
your past finding out, Jesus. Oh God, we love you. We love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Had it not been for you, God, where would we be? Where would we be? Where would we be? We thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Um, the topic for today is having a heart like God. Having a heart like God, you know, like God. A heart like God. I, I <laughs> remember as um, my husband read um, 1 Samuel 16, 1 to 13. Um, he was reading about David. But David was chosen, as you see the story going down. But what I want to start off with first, bringing you home to reality, is that all of us have a heart. But God's heart is not like our heart. God's heart is spiritual, supernatural, any way you want to take it like that. It's not a physical heart, not a heart that you, um, I have it to say that the, our heart, the heart medically is a, is a cone-shaped organ. You know, they have specific things and divided in four and you have the ventricles and whatever else. And, but it's there for pumping blood. That means the circulatory system come into it too. The kid can't pump nothing. You've got to pump blood to every part of the body. And it not only put in nutrients and, and uh, rich bloods and he separates, takes, takes out the waste. And I, I don't know much, but I think it should have gone through the kidneys and then all the waste come out in the lulus. Yeah. And our heart is non-stoppable. It doesn't stop. If it stops, <laughs> we, we are in glory. <laughs> Unless the doctor resuscitate us. Yeah. Only if you're following where I want to get to. Unless, if your heart stops, and there's somebody who knows about resuscitation, you know the pump is? And they have the machine now. And they blow one many five in and pump whatever. And then you might come back to life. Yeah? So we can't do without our heart. Hallelujah. Nobody here do um, biology and human biology and medicine, whatever. Anyway, I'm going on the right way. So it, it pumps freshly oxygenated blood, oxygen in, in the blood. Yes, right. Hallelujah. And it removes carbon dioxide. Hallelujah. All the ways. So... When we are talking about the heart of God, like he said to David, that David is a man after his own heart. What a wonderful thing to say. 
It's a compliment. Better, higher than a compliment, but we like compliments like, what a way you look nice. What a way you look slim. <laughs> what a way you hear you look nice. You understand? We like all that. And, but most of all, most of the preachers and the leaders like, um, you said, oh, you, you have a heart of God. You're meek. You have a heart of God. But what I want to show you today, that having a heart of God doesn't take us away from problems. Being after God's own heart does not take us away from problems. Anybody believe that? Yeah. Eh? It doesn't take you away from problems. David is there, but he still went and messed up. I mean, if I go and messed up, everybody, they, they wouldn't forget it. I mean... My, especially my church down there. They wouldn't forget it, yeah? But with David, we read about David and we see all the praises and so, and surely, unless we go in the scriptures, we forget that David too had messed up. Huh? With Bathsheba? Huh? So even though, as I'm not going through too much because... Brother Ron read the, the scriptures down, and I hope you was following the scriptures, because I'm only taking bits out of it. Even though David was anointed, God sent Samuel way down to Jesse. Huh? And even you want to, to say, but God is really good, you know, because that's the line that Jesus comes from. Obed is Jesse's father. And he comes right now. I mean, from Ruth, anybody read that? And you know that that's the line Jesus came from. So God knew what he was doing when he sent um, Samuel down to Jesse's house to choose him a king. Because he, call it, he was fed up of, of Saul. He was fed up of Saul. Saul wasn't doing the right thing. And when we are not doing the right thing, don't think because God's not saying anything. God really angry at us sometimes. But you might look back now and say, oh, it's mercy time. But even in mercy time, because Paul, he, you know, even though he comes back, look, so many things happened to him. He had to go through the roof at one time. You understand what I'm trying to say? That because it's the topic is um, having a heart of God. So I just want you to get to it that this heart of God has to flow just like when the, the blood is pumping in the natural life, in our life. It don't stop. That what makes us have the heart of God, have to keep on going. We, we can't stop. We can't stop. When trouble comes, we still can't stop. 
When our grief comes, we still can't stop. We just have to keep on praying, keep on singing, keep on telling him how awesome he is, even those things going bad. Even those things going bad, we can't give up. Or else, as the natural heart stops, so as the heart of God, what is the aim? Not saying he's taking it away, but it's not getting that flow. We need to have that going all the time. When you are sick, you just can't pray like you used to pray. But that doesn't say that you are still not having the heart of God. You understand what I'm saying? And David knew how to repent. If you look at Psalm 51, especially Psalm 51, he was asking, have mercy on me, O God. And another verse said, create in me a clean heart, O God. So what we do when we come into failures like David, we know that we have to repent. I mean, there is some preaching going around, once saved, always saved. You might be saved, but if Jesus comes, if you do something and you don't repent, it's the repentance, the forgiveness and the repentance that helps you. you, you if, if my brother do me something and I just keep on, when he comes to church, I just look at him. I, I don't know what he's doing up there, say he's preaching. Uh, I, I don't know what this one doing up there, say so she's singing. You understand what I mean? And you don't look into your own self. And said, but I have not forgiven him. So I am even worse off. Yet he did you something. And sometimes you don't even know that a per you've done somebody something. Sometimes you don't even know. But look at David. He keep on repenting. And then look. From repentance where, I mean, he didn't, he, when he was anointed, he didn't go and push Saul off the throne and said, I am now anointed and you just get off now. Huh? <laughs> no, he got to wait. So even though we get so anointed, we can't, the only thing that David <laughs> He said, when he said, is not, is, is not this a cause? That was when he went to take off Goliath's neck, right? We don't do that nowadays, yeah? We don't cut off anybody's neck. Hallelujah. So that one I was showing that, yes, I'm anointed and ready in those days. Not now, yeah? He killed lions and bears and, you know, and... He had strength. But when he got the anointing, the anointing was reality. If he tells you something, you better believe it because he's anointed. But yet, 
telling you something, prophesying, and doing what, it still don't even tell you if you have a heart of God. Because if David can be so anointed, the prophet Samuel anoints him, pour oil, separate him unto good works for service. Huh? And yet, he did many things. Huh? Many things. So for us, we have to know that we keep on the plumb line. Keep on the plumb line. I'm not saying that we don't, we, we don't sin. We sin in mind, in, in our thoughts, and in our deeds. Yes. And when I look at also the oil poured upon David, it, it's significant. As a separation, as I said. I still love to use my, my olive oil. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and anoint my children and my grandchildren with, with olive oil and pray over them. And if, they, if my little grand now come and I say, I'm not feeling well, she wants to go for the olive oil to come anoint me. And it was a thing when, when the bigger one now, when he prays for you, you have to go on the floor. You can't just stand. If, if he's praying for you, he's make sure he push you down on the floor because that's how we see it in church. I, I mean, I don't mean to push you. <laughs> I don't mean the pushing. Right. So it is very good for us to follow examples, not bad examples, but if you get there, when you read about David, you will know what to do. You just don't sit down there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We were in church one time. And this girl was going out with a chap in the church. And I don't know what they had. They were engaged. I don't know what they had. But she was going. And she sat beside me. Hallelujah. If you know what I'm going to do tonight. Hallelujah. If you know what I'm going to do tonight. I heard her. Hallelujah. Well, if you know what I'm going to do tonight. And I don't, I don't know what happened, but the fellow went out. Uh, it was in the church or went out. Either in the church or went outside. And she take his tie and nearly strangle him. Yes. And yet she was hallelujah in church. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. And you don't know what they have in their heart. So coming back to the heart now. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Um, it's like what I was telling mom just now. Um, it's Sister Karen. The, the Lord was saying to me, oh, it's time Sister Karen get in ministry. And uh, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody. So when I saw her up there singing, I said, God, <laughs> what really <laughs> she's already in it but he was just showing me that Sister Karen you're not filling in a gap you understand me you're not there to fill a gap in it's time for you
to fall into ministry. Huh? You understand me? You're running, but he'll catch you. <laughs> he'll surely catch you. Huh? Yes. Coming up under this ministry here, and you running? Huh? God. <laughs> God is good, and I, I, I'm happy I saw that. I'm coming away from that. When I went to Ghana, I was preaching, I think it was... I think it was Moses I was preaching on. But it came a time at home, when I was at home, before I went to Ghana, the Lord spoke to me and said, there's going to be a woman with a baby in the congregation. But I said, God, but plenty of women over there have baby. <laughs> he said to me, that one will be holding the baby onto her shoulder like this. Pray for her. And when I went, there lots of babies was there. But there was that one woman. That one woman. I guess her husband had just passed. I can't remember if it's that one, the woman just passed. But there was one woman with the babe on the shoulder. And when I saw her, and you're there preaching her way, and all of a sudden it came back to you. And I saw the woman, and I called her, and I ministered to her. I don't know what happened afterwards, but I did exactly what God says. Hallelujah. Yes, and David was a man of praise. He praised his way through. Praise, and you see all the Psalms, you know, and... I did say already Psalm 51, but you see all the praise. He didn't bother about what he went through. He was praising and praising and praising and dancing until his own wife. <laughs> what, are you, what are you going like that for? His own wife <laughs> criticized him, and then she was buried. That's another point I want to say. That when you see someone praising God and doing all sorts, we ain't to say nothing. Because we don't know what's in the person's heart. We don't know the week that person had. Let's you roll on the floor as you want. You remember I went under the chair? <laughs> In one of Rodney Howard's meetings, <laughs> I laugh until I roll under. I don't know if all oh, they find me, but I was somewhere under the bench somewhere. Huh? No pride. Eh? All my pride gone, long time. Eh? All my religiousness gone, long time. I, I can't. Let me tell you one of the religious things I used to do. I couldn't go to to church without hat on my head. Huh? I couldn't wear my trousers on the streets. I wouldn't let my children go to certain things at school. You are banned, you are barred. And when I speak, they know that I mean it. You're not doing PE, you're not doing this because you have to wear this. 
I was bad, Helen. I mean, I'm badly religious. And you're part of my cleansing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you rolled with me. <laughs> yes. I want to go on quickly where I want to get to. And I tell you, God is so wonderful. He is so great. And some of the things I have, what I have, I have to just cut them. Hallelujah. And one thing I must mention before I go where I'm going is that the oil used to be poured upon um, like prophets and uh, leaders or whatever depends on the service they are going to do. But remember that Jesus came. Hallelujah. And he died. He suffered. He died for us. You know all the stories about Jesus. And from then we are under grace. Yeah, so we now, he, Jesus promised that when he goes away, or went away, the Holy Ghost would come. Yeah. And in Acts chapter 2, 1, 2, somewhere there, the promised Holy Ghost fell in the upper room. And even Peter, <laughs> Peter preached and preached and preached until 3,000 souls were saved. That's what the Holy Ghost do. Huh? Sal- to, to, to save souls. So yesterday when you were out on the streets, we were out on the street, you're doing a magnificent job out there getting people to acknowledge that there is a God and he loves them. Yeah. I, was watching, I was watching you all. It was live. Natasha put it live. <laughs> and I was watching you play the guitar and I was saying, how nice. I wish I was there. But, you know, I don't really go out too much because to stand up so long. Yeah. What I want to do now is the 23rd Psalm. Hallelujah. That lovely Psalm that J- David wrote. Everybody know the 23rd Psalm? Yeah. Anybody here don't know the 23rd Psalm? I knew that from since I was a child, and I always say there are certain things that if I don't know them now, like my insurance number, I know that I'm, I am demented. You're <laughs> not smiling. It's, it's true. If I can't tell you my insurance number, because I know it, and I can't tell, say the Lord's Prayer, and all, something is going wrong in the brains. Eh? Yeah. You're looking at me as it's all in me. Eh? A cousin of mine, right now, if I call her, she would say, Len, that's Lena, yeah? Len, um, I, 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 I was going to call you and then she's, then she talked a few words and then she'd say to me, um, you hear from Lena? It's me and I. You know, I, I want to, to speak to Lena so long. But I said, darling, it's Lena speaking. I'm not mocking her. I'm just telling you where we can get to. Yeah? And she do all the studies. She was, she was um, a sister in the hospital. You, you understand what I mean? And she's in her 70s. 
right? And if I, I hardly call her now because it pains me to know, you know, I mean, to know that she was fully or mentally correct all the time. And now, if I call her, she's telling me about her mother that died. Ten you hear that mama died? Present. Mama died about 2003. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Do you really understand what I'm trying to say? The brains. The brains can go. And if the heart not pumping the right nutrients or the rich blood, whatever blood supposed to be flowing there. Huh? It's through the brains. Yeah? And if it's not happening, what happens? You get sick. You get Alzheimer's. Maybe it's Alzheimer's, yeah. You get Alzheimer's, you get dementia. I mean, if I did have five minutes, I wouldn't be able to go into so much details about the natural heart, our own heart. I would have just have to come in and just rip it off about David. But thank God I have a few minutes to, when you go home, think of your own heart. And think, sometimes I do this to my pulse. And I said, oh, it's going fast. So I would have a little rest, because I'm hopping, hopping, up and hop, doing this, doing that. I would slow down. My heart is beating over the time. You, you understand what I mean? You don't want to have a heart attack. Huh? You're, talking, you're looking like we're talking rubbish. No. You don't want to have a heart attack. So you look after your heart. Spiritually, it's the same thing. Yeah? You look after your soul. You look after your being. It's there for you to take care of. We have God, yes. But we can't put in all this junk food all the time. Junk food can't nourish us. Oh, I'm not looking over the young, young people's eyes. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah, junk food can't do you anything. We used to have cornmeal porridge in the morning and oats porridge. <laughs> and if you want to go bigger, bigger now like daddy... You have the roast breadfruit and the ackee and salt fish and, and you have a lot of greens, callaloo and spinach and, and all that, yeah? Not McDonald's and Kentucky. <laughs> eh? That clogs up the heart. We're talking about the heart, yeah? <laughs> all them junks there. I'm coming to you. All, <laughs> all them junks. <laughs> All those junk, they can't even digest. Huh? They're waiting for the next time you're going to buy McDonald's. Anyway, right. So we have to feed. Whatever you put in is what you get. If you put in a lot of things, you start going like that. Don't blame nobody. Blame yourself. Eh? Sometimes I'm looking at the persons and I say, how did they get so big? Huh? It's by, I mean, away from sickness. I know some people not well. 
away from sickness is what the food that you put in. I'm not looking at anybody. Just don't let my eyes catch anybody, God. (laughs) I look at my husband. The food is what you put in that makes you big. And you don't have to, surely, you don't have to be big. And somebody called me big and I said to them, listen, I'm not big. Anytime I sit around the car wheel and I can't get in, <laughs> that time you can call me big because I see some women round the car wheel, their belly are out there and they're not pregnant. Their belly are out there and, and they, they, they fill up the seats. And that I call big. How did I get there? <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Am I ministering well? (laughs) Right, let me go to wind it up on this, right? The psalmist says that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup run it over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. One thing with David, here he said, the Lord is my shepherd. David knew what a shepherd is, because that's where they call him from. He was minding his father's sheep. So David's ministry even started with the sheep. I'm sensible. (laughs) It started right there, he's caring. It's like there's maybe some nurses here. That's the ministry. That's what's my ministry too. That, that, that's ministry. You're taking care of somebody that not even your family. And you have to treat them the same as if it were your own. And that's how I used to treat them anyway. Yeah? Like my own. And even sometimes when I get some, um, some people and even they tell you your story in the hospital I'm talking, and I go one side and my heart bleeds for them. And I would pray for them. You understand me? So it affects you as if it's your own. And I'm sure David would not let anybody hurt his sheep. He takes care of them, Alan takes care of you. Hallelujah. Don't whip you like I see on the television. Some pastors whipping their, their flock. Have you just seen that, that video where the pastor whipping them? Huh? He wants somebody to come and whip him. Let <laughs> <Yeah>. me <laughs> get it like Danny Swaggart now. <laughs> yes. So David knew 
how to be a shepherd. So he knew how to be led. Anybody here, pastor, that don't like to be led? Just point them out. Um, he, he, know. <laughs> he knows how to lead. So when it comes to God, no, he don't have no problem. Because he knows that God is his father and God is his all in all. You understand me? He was in that position with his sheep. So he just transported right up there and said, this is the way God take care of us. Just like he, I'm better, just like he was taking care of the sheep. Thank you, Jesus. David had so much confidence in God. He loved God. He'll do anything. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And another thing, David, he wasn't proud and, oh, I am this and I am that. David was just David. Huh? A, God, a man after God's heart. And I won't forget it of it, having a heart like God's heart. Thank you, Jesus. When he said he leadeth me beside the still waters. When you are frustrated. When the children frustrates you. When your husband frustrates you. <laughs> I'm not looking at him. <laughs> he leads you beside still. There's a stillness. Besides still waters. I remember I had a vision before I went to Jamaica. I was sitting on the top of the ocean. And I could see all, you know, you, could, you know when you look along, you see the, the water just still and lying down. Sometimes you wish you, you would stay there. And then an angel said to me, Pray. And I prayed, and that angel was satisfied how I prayed. And then the angel started to pray. And then I woke up. And then it was so still and sweet. I wish I could just stay there and sit on water. Not walking on the water now, you know. <laughs> Sitting on the water. Nice blue water. Huh? So sometimes we need that stillness besides still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So whatever, we are the righteousness of God. And people like to say that. And then for my lots down there, we say to them, so you don't have to do nothing anymore. <laughs> That is telling me that, oh, okay then, they feel they can do anything because they are the righteousness of God. Any of you feel like that, young people? You can do anything, anything. Eh? You can go to the girls, with the girls in the park. Eh? In the park, you know, these children now, they're going to school and the boys are taking them to park. Huh? 
Yes. Yes. Maybe other places, but the one I, I just heard of is the park. And I think they, they expel the boy from school. The school boy and school girl. I don't know what happened to the girl. Yes. Said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff become with me. You see, David again, come back to what he was using. He had a rod and he had a staff. He can pull back his sheep when he's ready. Some of us so hard that don't care if you're going the wrong way. And well, say the, the one that you see, your pastor, your parents, telling you, don't go that way. It's not good for you. There are going to be trouble down there. You mark what your mother said. <laughs> Mothers see things before you. And if your mother said, don't go, don't go. Because they're going to be trouble. Huh? I mean, we all do the opposite. But that's the correct way. Because she's trying to pull you back from something that would happen to you. That is not good. So that rod and thy staff will comfort you. And... Uh, Walking through the shadow of death. It's not death. But if you pass walking in the shadow, you will enter into death. Aren't it? Yes. That is only shadow. But if you go beyond the shadow, you will walk into death. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Because the rod and staff is there to pull you back from deadly things. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes we have visions about someone who's going to the pass or die. It's not always that it's going to happen. It might be just some deadly things going to happen. Because I see it in my family. Some really things that you thought... How am I going to get through this? Huh? How am I going to get through this thing? But when the rod and staff pulls you back, if you get older and you're not with your mom and you're in a church and your pastor tells you, I, have, I feel like this is going to happen, please hear the rod and staff. Is pulling you back. Hallelujah. Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. The same thing happened to David. Huh? The oil pour upon his head. And it must flow over. He said, Take an horn of oil. Oil of oil, pour it on David's head. Hallelujah. Sometimes we need something extra 
sometimes we might come up to a situation and we said this situation is so big. But there is a scripture that says these things, you can't get through these things without fasting. So um, I don't know if many people fast nowadays, but I still do. Fast and pray. And God will deliver us. I don't say he have to. We cannot wring his hand and say you have to. He has a plan, so he knows his plan. If he don't deliver you, Daniel, they threw him in the lion's den. Huh? And the Lord shut the lion's mouth. And he didn't bite him, so he, sh- he had to shut it. Or oh, the lion must be singing praises with him. But they shut the lion's mouth. Couldn't bite Daniel. The three Hebrew boys, they were thrown in the fiery furnace. And they even said, if they, if they not save, or, you know, whatever, whatever happens then, God is still God. So we must have that mentality too. Whatever happens, God is still God. He never changed. He's such a God. You can't fathom him. You can't... He's so big, you know, you cannot really fathom God. Nobody in here can say, I know all of God. I don't. So, hallelujah. So what we have to do now is follow instruction. It hadn't been that Samuel followed instructions, David would not get the anointing. So, even you're here, you're placed here, you get the anointing here, don't you? The anointing is always here. I know. The anointing is always here. But if you are not thirsty, hunger and thirsty after righteousness, you, you won't be filled. You will come every day and everybody else is praising and rejoicing and you go home and you said there was nothing there. I hear it over and over that people said they didn't get anything. But there was so much for you to get, so much for you to feed on, so much for you to drink in. Hallelujah! Amen. Glory, glory. I thought the Lord was keeping me a bit calm. <laughs> Yes. And he said, surely, goodness. You want goodness? Goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord. Not for one day, but forever and ever and ever. God is good. So even though so many things happened to David, even though he was anointed, there are, because all of us have weakness and failures, what do you call issues, that's a nice word everybody uses now. They have issues and circumstances. 
Huh? Yes, all of us do. Hallelujah. All of us come up to disasters and everything else. But you have to dwell. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where is better to dwell than under the umbrella? Huh? Have you seen anybody born in the countryside and you see a chicken and the, when the rain falls, the chicken just open up the wings and taking the little chicks? Huh? Amen. Yeah. Open up. Rain is coming. So open up my wings and take in my little chick. God is even better than that. Huh? Some things we go through, we thought that we would die. But follow, this is one life. I mean, you can follow Joseph. Joseph, I don't hear any, anything bad about Joseph. <laughs> so I didn't want to touch Joseph because Joseph is a goody goody. <laughs> but he's still from the pit to the palace. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, what I'm trying to say, there are benefits from even your failures. If you don't learn from the mistakes you make, huh? we have to learn from all the mistakes we, learn, we, we, we make, or else we're going back to do them. But that's a learning process. Huh? We all in here have problems. When it's not housing problems, is the children problem, and I go back on the husbands again, the husband problem, <laughs> uh, all sorts of problems. Now is um, we even take on America problem, because <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, when they were out marching. But I said, I said, but wait. Is America what they're doing out there in England? <laughs> huh? they're, they're marching for the same thing. <laughs> what what they said? I'm not calling the name. What <laughs> the things that they mustn't do over there, and they're out here in their millions. I wish I could get them in church. <laughs> in their millions, they're out there marching. Rights, they want rights, huh? Oh my God. One of these days when we see that, we could get some people together and go down there and hand them out some. some Ronald would love that. Uh, what do you call them? Some uh, um, tracks. Eh? They need Jesus. Amen. America needs Jesus. England needs Jesus. Huh? Thank you, Jesus. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us. It's just a pity I can't go through the benefits. Hallelujah. Like going through the weaknesses and the strength and, and so forth. But I'm sure you get something. I've got all that there, but I can't bring it as it will take all day. Um, I hope you have received something today. Anybody who don't, she comes from way from London, and I don't get anything. You got something today. Anybody get something today? Hallelujah. Huh? 
Yes, but because I'm going in a direction, I can't pick that song right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Shall we stand the next 10 minutes? If anybody here today, I'm really fiery all the time of the Lord. Kept me this way because he wants me to deliver this way. Hallelujah. He gave me, he gave me a bit of my husband today. Yep. A bit of melancholy. But I'm sure you'll be nurtured. A lot of nutrients. You can go home and see, read up about your heart. and Read up about God's heart. And measure them up and see if it's operating the same way. Huh? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to sing this song. You might not know it, but when I sing it the second time, my daughter will tell you that <laughs> when I'm teaching, it's like you should learn it yesterday. <laughs> so you will learn it, yeah? We bow down. And worship.